This is the Alchemized Life Podcast. I'm your host, Ava Johanna, and I am so grateful to have you here joining me for yet another soul expansive conversation. My intention with every episode is to show you through storytelling and in-depth conversations that you, yes, you are capable of creating anything you desire. Alongside yours truly, you'll hear from thought leaders and industry voices, and together we will teach you how to come alive in your authentic expression and remember the infinite power of your soul. We're covering topics like wealth, worthiness, the pursuit of your passions, and you'll be inspired to break all the rules of living an ordinary life. You were truly put on this planet to have it all. The thriving spiritual practice, the steamy relationship, the income, and the impact. So together, let's align with our divine selves and alchemize your life. Hello, 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 everyone. Welcome back to The Alchemist Life. We are officially in our first episode of 2022. Oh my goodness. I think last week I was sharing how ready I feel for this new year. I feel like right after the holidays, I was like, all right, 2022 state of mind. And I think it's because there's just so much new energy for us to work with. I mean, it's a turn of a cycle. 2021 was definitely a challenging year for many of us. And I am just really looking forward to all of the ways that I can serve you and the guests that I'm bringing here. And of course, diving even deeper into breathwork and meditation. So with that being said, I'm so excited because our very first guest of the year is one of my past students. I've actually been able to have the honor of supporting her for pretty much half of 2021, I think, maybe even longer than that, um, which makes me so happy because she is so rad. Like would, if we lived in the same city would 100% be a soul sister IRL. Um, and I really wanted to bring Jen on Jen Miranda, who is my guest. She's a mindfulness and yoga teacher based in Washington. And I really wanted to bring her on to show you not only how Jen has been able to alchemize her life and her business by utilizing the practices I teach in the Academy of Breath, but also to share her message and her story. So again, you're able to see just the ways in which anyone, regardless of where you come from, regardless of what you look like, regardless of where you started, is really able to take a big dream or a big vision, go after it and make it a reality. So that's why Jen is here with me today. And I want to remind everyone that we have exactly one week left before the Academy of Breath starts. And this is going to be our fifth round. It's the eight-week breathwork and meditation certification program. Jen was a part of it. Jen was also a part of my advanced practitioner training and in Catalyst as well. So, oh my gosh. Okay. I think we spent the entire year together then. <laughs> that sounds more about more right than just half the year now that I think about it. Um, and if anybody knows what it's like to work with me, it is Jen. And I am just so grateful that I got to support you over 2021. So for anybody that's interested in the Academy of Breath, again, there's a week left and I would love to support you. So you can find the link in the show notes to join us. And with that being said, I want to introduce our beautiful guest, Jen Miranda. Jen, thank you so much for coming on. Oh, thank you, Ava. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. It's crazy actually that we spent like basically all of 2021 together, but I think you actually did AOB back in 2020. 
right at the end of 2020. Yeah. Oh my goodness. So you have been a part of the AOB fam for a while now, which to me more than anything means that you have been using breathwork and meditation in your own personal life. And then of course, with the, um, different classes that you teach in different places that you teach at up in Washington. And I'm really curious, like before breathwork and meditation, who, who were you? Like what, how has it changed your life? I'm so, I just like want, want to hear all of it. Cause I'm so intrigued at how it like in a very tangible way changes people's lives. Yeah. That's a really great question. Um, let's see, I would say before breathwork and meditation, I was a little bit scattered. Um, I just, I am a very like high energy person. I'm a very like, go, 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 let's do it all. And, um, uh, I think that I didn't realize how much I was in autopilot and like survival mode before, um, before understanding like breath and like what it's doing to my body and my mind and my nervous system. So yeah, it is definitely been quite the transformation I would say over the last couple of years, just, I think I used to be pretty like reactive, uh, just kind of habitually. I'm a ambitious Aries, you know, pretty blunt, honest. <laughs> so I've kind of just learned how to tailor that. Yeah. A little bit. <laughs> it's, it's so interesting because, you know, before breath and meditation, and I found breath and meditation pretty quickly after yoga, like within maybe like six or seven months. But when I first started teaching yoga and when I first started practicing yoga, and hadn't really touched those practices at all, you know, you would think from, and I think the stereotype is that a lot of yogis are like very calm and chill and like namaste, but you know, I was exactly like you as well. Like a very, just, I'm still ambitious, but like just very reactive, very like just go, go, go. Didn't really ever slow down. And I think the autopilot piece too, is such an interesting way to kind of describe what it's like to be in like a hustle mentality or be in like that, like go, go, go mentality without it actually having a lot of like meaning or intention behind it. It was just like this idea that the more that you do, the better that you are, if that makes sense. Yeah, totally. And I think that, you know, I was teaching yoga and doing yoga regularly and I was using a meditation app regularly, uh, for guided meditation, you know, and doing all the self-care things, but there wasn't a lot of intentional energy behind it. It was just kind of like to-do list, check it off, check it off, you know? So yeah, it's, it's been a, a big shift for me. Yeah. Do you feel like inside of the Academy of Breath, you were really able to kind of, I guess, understand why and how just showing up and doing these practices as if you're checking it off a list, isn't as powerful as like doing it with the intention behind it and like a strong why behind it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Because I think that when, especially when it's the same thing every day, 10 minutes, 10 minutes, you know, it's like, I'm not giving myself the space to expand. And when I'm doing the same guided meditation every day, just to be like, Oh, did it, you know, it's like, maybe that's not the practice I need today. Maybe I need longer. Maybe I need 
a visualization meditation rather than like a body scan every single day. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think being able to be in tune with what your body needs is like one of the greatest gifts of developing a practice with your breath. And of course, in stillness as well too, because in stillness you can hear. But for me, I definitely shifted so much when I started like understanding how the breath is a guide to how we're feeling and how we can just like become aware of our breath. And from that space of awareness, notice like, Ooh, okay. Like I have really short breaths today, or I can feel that my heart's beating really fast. Maybe sitting for 10 minutes is of course good, but maybe I need something a little bit more than that. Or maybe I should bring in this really calming breathwork practice to help stabilize my nervous system so that I'm not just in this reactive state throughout the rest of my day. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I think that, you know, as someone who's very high energy, most of the time, I didn't realize like how much I was shallow breathing and how much I was just in this state of like, what's next, what's next, what do I do next? You know? So using the more cooling practices, I definitely gravitate more towards those and just being able to notice like, Oh, in this moment, like I need some slow belly breaths before I like accomplish this next task, you know, and try to have those little breaks in between. So I'm not just constantly going, going. Right. Mm -hmm. Can I ask, because for me, when I started teaching yoga and started taking yoga classes, it was very rare to see someone incorporate breath work, um, or like a structured meditation in their yoga class, you know, like at the beginning, maybe we'd like connect to our breath for like two, three minutes, but there was never really much more than that. As a teacher, what have you seen in your students? Like, what do you notice now more in your students having this awareness of breath? Hmm. I honestly, I see a lot of crying in Shavasana, which is so beautiful. I love it. And, um, you know, that's definitely an element of mm, teaching that I was nervous to bring in because it's not very common around here. And, um, you know, also, uh, teaching in the middle of 2020 was like, do we do this thing? Should we even be breathing right now? Yeah. Right. But if you're breathing in and out through your nose, you know, that's what you're supposed to be doing. So, uh, yeah. And I think that when I started to incorporate, incorporate that more into my teaching, people started to gravitate towards me and it just really gave me the confidence of this is what I want to teach. This is what's important to me and seeing like how important that is to other people and how much they really do resonate with that practice and what it can do for them is just really beautiful and heartwarming to be a part of, you know, to help guide. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that for me, when I was teaching and finally started bringing breathwork and meditation in, it was so crazy to see like the difference in my class sizes and like the feedback that I would get after class. And like, like you said, like seeing people like have these emotional breakthroughs in Mm -hmm. on their yoga mat. I think that we, we don't always like fully understand or comprehend the potential of what our breath can do for us. But I remember, um, one of my girlfriends, Lexi, you know, Lexi, um, Lexi came over and she was my personal trainer for a bit at the beginning of 2020. And, um, 
I had two girlfriends come over and one of my girlfriends was navigating her uncle, um, being in the hospital and potentially passing away. And we just did equal ratio breathing. And she is not somebody that breaks down very easily. She has her walls up and within a couple rounds of breath, she finally allowed herself to cry and to release. And, you know, I just think that it's so cool that there's so many different styles of breath work that don't really take a lot of effort. Some of them do take a lot of effort, but there's some that are like very, very gentle that you can do on a daily basis that really do help you to release and to like realign yourself with just like a centered safe space so that you can be more of yourself in the world whenever you're outside of your practice. And I just think that for yoga teachers that are listening, like it is one of the coolest elements that you can add into your studios and your classes, whether you teach one-on-one or group, because it really does make such a big impact and people love it. You know, I feel like it's like people don't necessarily know what they're looking for, or they might see someone practicing like Kapalabhati or Bastrika or something like that and be like, that looks weird. What are they doing? But then once you actually go into the practice, it's like, oh yeah, like this was that next like kind of spiritual high or that spiritual breakthrough that I was looking for. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, as important and um, great as this can be for clients, as well as the teacher, you know, mm-hmm. uh, cause as a teacher, you're taking on a lot of energy all day. Uh, and especially if you're teaching multiple classes in a day, you know, that's a lot of space to hold. And so certain practices like Kapalabhati to kind of like cleanse that energy that you might have been holding on to prior to class, you know, cause like we said in the beginning, we don't know us yoga teachers don't all have it together, right? Sometimes I'm coming from a stressful morning to teach my Zen morning class and I'm not feeling so Zen. So it's nice that I can also use these tools to bring myself to the state that I want to be in to then bring that to my clients, you know? Absolutely. I think especially just like, no offense to any yoga studio owners, but especially just with the weight that teachers have to carry, you know, we have to prepare the playlist. We have to get there and set up the class. We have to check people in unless there's someone, you know, checking people in. Um, we're there after class talking to students, we're marketing in between classes. Like there's a lot that goes into being a yoga teacher and we're not always recognized for all of the effort that we put in and all of the space that we're really holding. There's a lot of energy that you take in as a teacher, as you mentioned, and yeah, for me, I remember I would just do Kapalabhati or Bastrika in the car before I would get out and go teach or afterwards to just help release some of that energy. Um, and it makes, like you said, just such a big difference. So I know that you work with, and correct me if I'm wrong, you work at a rehabilita- rehabilitation center focused on teenagers and at-risk youth, correct? Yes. Okay. So I'm curious because there's one time with my little sister who she has autism and she has, um, various emotional and social disabilities. And there was one time when she was in the middle of a meltdown and, um, 
I went up to her and I was like, all right, let's just do this breathwork practice. Let's just like move some energy. Let's just like create some energy in the body. Let's try and shake this. And I did Bastrika with her and we probably just did like five breaths. It was something so simple, but just like the motion of her reaching her palms up and like bringing her hands down and up, down and up, down and up created this really cool shift in her energy that didn't necessarily go from like 60 to zero, but was able to calm her enough so that she was able to start thinking clearly. And so as someone who is really surrounded by not only like teenagers in general being all hormonal and angsty and all over the place, but, you know, kids that are kind of getting a second chance at creating a life that they want, what has been your view of like bringing these mindfulness practices to teenagers? Cause I wish that I had these practices when I was a teen. Mm, yes, me too. Me too. And, um, yeah, I think, uh, for me, it's really full circle to work with these teens because as a teenager, I also was, um, in the quote unquote troubled teen category for a little while. And I didn't have anyone to teach me how to manage my emotions or how to understand like what's coming up for me. So to be able to share that with these kids is really heartwarming. And it's really amazing to watch the transformation of them when they come in and, you know, and we mostly just do very gentle practices. Um, and just watching the way that they can transform from that when they come into their bodies and feel safe. And yeah, it's, it's a really great, um, experience to be able to share these tools. And, um, it's just, there's such a variety of kids there too, you know, um, like, yeah, some kids on the spectrum, sometimes, um, trauma kids who've been adopted. It's a lot. So you know, they have some heavy energy that, um, they need to clear, which is why they're there. And it's primarily teens, I'd say like 14 to 22, um, all boys. So it's a male facility, Mm -hmm. which, yeah, which is unique because I feel like most males, uh, are kind of trained to push things down and, man up, don't feel it, you know, and I'm in there telling them the opposite, like, let it out. It's coming up to come out. Right. And there are definitely times where, um, I think when you're, when you're first coming into connection with yourself and your body, it can be a little bit intense. You're like, wow, my heartbeat. Oh, like I'm starting to feel anxious because of that, but it's just new. And to get them to understand, like, you don't have to be scared. Like you're in control, you're safe here. Like you you don't need to run away from this or like try to push it down and to just hold that space for them and, and share these practices. And then after, you know, cause sometimes things come up and it can be uncomfortable and it's nice to be there and be able to talk with them. Like what's coming up, where are you feeling this? And like, let me explain a little more about like what this can mean. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's so powerful. And I commend you for holding space for teenage boys. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's uh it's really something some days. Um, and I think that it has really helped me with, you know, my own energy, like keeping calm in moments that are tough, but 
I just try to remind myself that, you know, even in the moments that are really hard with these guys, like I'm helping this young man become a better man one day. And, you know, I just think about like all the women that's going to affect, you know, because if a man, and I don't mean to like generalize, like, obviously, like we all can be very reactive at times and, and unable to understand our emotions, but, um, you know, it's just like getting people that much closer to like themselves and Mm -hmm. understanding like what's coming up for them and how they can move through it. Yeah. I mean, it's really beautiful to like be able to have enough awareness within you, whether you are a man or a woman to understand like what is coming up and to not react to it, to not project it onto somebody else. And of course no one's perfect, but to be able to have the tools to do that, I think is, is what will create more love in this world. You know, it's like, if we think about why there's so much division, why there's so much, you know, pain and hurt happening right now, it's because most people don't have the tools to be able to communicate effectively. Most people don't have the tools to discern what is fear and what is like a trigger from the outside world and what is like actually happening right now. Most people are living in stories and in reaction and in, in the survival mode and don't know how to get themselves outside of it. Um, and I think the reason, you know, one of the many reasons why mindfulness is so important to me and like the entire scope of it, not just breathwork and meditation, but certainly breathwork and meditation is that in my life. And I know in your life, and I'm sure you're seeing and receiving feedback, as you've said, from the students that you have, that it really provides you with enough ability to extract yourself from the intensity of what's arising within you to be able to see it clearly and respond differently. And what a gift that is. Yeah. And I think especially from a place of non-judgment, you Mm -hmm. know, and that can be really hard when maybe someone else has judged us for having certain emotions. And so in our mind, we have, you know, made this agreement that this emotion is bad. And so when that comes up, you're like, oh, I shouldn't be feeling this. Right. So to be able to hold that space for yourself and move through it, you know, it makes it that much easier to do it with other people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I want to commend you as well, because I know that over the past few months, you've been even stepping even more into your voice and holding your own boundaries and being able to share, you know, your values and what you desire in your life and in your career and how you desire to be treated by the external world. And, you know, I know that all of that has come from your own devotion to sitting with yourself and, you know, really being with the discomfort of things that have come up in your life and having the courage to face them and not run away from them or not react to them. Yeah. Yeah. And I think especially developing the trust with myself that like, I'm going to get through this, I'm going to be okay. And that I can make this happen, whatever I want, really, you know, it's beautiful. Yeah. So I'm curious, and this is like more of like, uh, I would say just like a, a fun question, but from the Academy of breath, what do you think was like 
the biggest thing that stood out to you that really made you feel like it was the right place for you to be the right training to be in the right step to be taking in your life and in your career? Um, I, like I said, I had been meditating for a while with a guided meditation app. And although like that definitely was beneficial to me, I really wanted to be able to do it more on my own and explore other types of meditation, you know, because maybe the traditional body scan doesn't always work and doesn't work for everyone. So, um, just to know that I was going to be learning more styles. And, um, I think the, the first time I ever experienced box breathing was like so emotional for me. And Mm -hmm. I mentally went somewhere amazing. And I feel really lucky for having that experience. Um, and that just made me like so much more interested in like, what else is here? Where Mm -hmm. else can I go? You know, because meditation is like when you close your eyes and go into that space, like that's, it's such a, can be such a, a warming space and a safe space and a healing space. And I wanted, I wanted to find that space and I wanted to be able to create that space for other people. Mm, so beautiful. Yeah. The word that came up when you were saying that is like, it's just such a vast space. Like the power of the mind is so vast and we really can use it to take ourselves places that are so full of love, so full of safety, so full of just, I think, support, you know, of just like knowing so deeply and trusting so deeply that we're supported. I mean, the other day I had a meditation where I literally like was seated and then laid back on my back and like opened my arms wide and like could feel myself leaving my body, but not in like a scary way. It was more just in a like, wow, I am not just this body. I'm so connected to everything around me and God loves me so much. And I'm so supported. And what, what a gift it is to have this space where I can come and again, just like extract myself from a lot of the fear, a lot of the voices that live inside of our head rent free that are often directing us towards some doomsday scenario. I mean, we all have that voice or multiple voices inside of our head and I think that to be able to cipher each of them and know that that's not actually you and that there's something so much grander inside of you that you can attune yourself to is really what will allow you to break free from so much of the suffering that we really don't need to play a part in anymore, especially going into this new year. I feel like one of the biggest, I saw a Instagram post the other day that was like, listen, if you want 2021 or 2022 to be different than 2021, it's going to require you to like be different. And, um, I was like, Ooh, yeah, that's right. Like if you want to do different, if you, or if you want to be different, if you want to experience different, like it's going to require you to show up for yourself first and start creating that difference within you. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's what's so um, amazing about the breathwork and meditation practice is, you know, prior to this experience, I felt like I was doing all the things and not still not really getting where I wanted to be with my healing, with my spirituality, with my connection to self. 
you know? And so, yeah, this whole, like, got to do differently. And I, I think that naturally I'm such a independent, I don't need no help person, but, um, yeah, it really took a lot of courage for me to ask for the help, um, you know, to learn more and, and explore more and to have someone hold that space for me as I am learning and moving through all the things that come up with this practice. So yeah, I'm just really grateful for that. Oh yes. Well, it's been so much fun to support you. Um, so I want to leave everybody with just like a short, short, short practice that you enjoy. That's like your go-to. I think I already know what it's going to be. Just something really, really simple that if somebody wants to experience a little bit of the magic that you're talking about on a daily basis, they can start doing for themselves. Mm, Yeah. Oh, that's great. Um, you know, I'm a big fan of equal ratio breathing. I think that's definitely the base of everything for me. Anyway, I pretty much start with that all the time. Yeah. And, um, like I've said with some of my, uh, younger clients, sometimes the, the holds can be a little anxiety inducing. Um, and so just, just reminding people that, you know, they're in control. You can go as far as you want. You can stop whenever you want, but also to maybe try to push past that a little bit and just, I don't know. I think in my own experience, when I have those moments of, oh, I I need to do something different or like, oh, this isn't working for me or I don't like this. It's almost like that is my ego coming in saying, hey, wait, don't, don't disconnect from me. Hey, wait, wait, I'm still here. And I'm like, you just have to keep going sometimes. Clearly your body will tell you when you need to breathe your body will breathe. Yeah. Yeah. It's so funny. It reminds me of, so I totally different conversation, but I, um, when I went to the grand Canyon about a month and a half ago or however long ago it was, I just ate like one chocolate square of psilocybin and I felt so much anxiety come up, like so much physical, just sensation in my body. And I realized it was like, oh, these physical sensations that are coming up are literally my ego saying, do not leave me. Like you must stay rooted here with me because once you get past that, it's like your consciousness just opens up so wide and not that, I mean, you can have psychedelic experiences in breath and meditation. I feel like those are some of the only practices that where you can really get high off your own supply actually, (laughs) but, um, you know, very similarly, like a lot of the anxiety will come up in, in breath work, because like you said, it's like, there's this part of you that's like, no, don't leave me behind. Like what will happen if you release this part of you that's kept you safe, quote unquote, um, for all these years and has kept you in fear. And I'm fear speaking right now, but like, let's not let go of me. (laughs) Right. You need me to survive. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. And I, I think personally, like the most profound experience I've had in breath work was with equal ratio breathing. And Mm -hmm. it was like, I, I think it was the beginning of AOB and I was still kind of like new to it. And so I'm like self guiding myself through it and critiquing myself the whole time. You're not doing it right. Oh, you're, you missed this, whatever. And I'm just like, keep going, just keep going. Mm -hmm. doesn't matter. Just keep going. And then finally stopped and sat in meditation and 
just wherever I went in that moment was so beautiful. And I, I even, I don't know if this is ego that came up, but it was like, you should, you should write this down. You should stop and write this down. And I was like, no, I'm going to just be in this moment. Yeah. What comes up, if it sticks, cool. If it doesn't, doesn't matter, but I don't want to interrupt this flow, you know? So mm. ooh, the power of the breath. So powerful. Yeah. And I love that your most powerful experiences come from equal ratio breathing. Cause I think that a lot of people assume like you can only have powerful breathwork experiences. If you're like doing holotropic breath or doing transformational, which of course those are going to be really powerful experiences. You're like hyper oxygenating your body. (laughs) That's what's happening like in your, in your brain. So of course, but like also you can get there with these really gentle practices and, um, oftentimes doing the gentle practices are better for you because we do live in a really hyper vigilant culture where we are in that survival mode 90% of the time. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Well, thank you so much for joining me, for sharing a bit of your story, a bit of your work. And um, I'm just so grateful again that I've been able to support you. I love you so much. Can you share just for anybody who wants to connect with you where they can find you? Yes. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Zen with Jen, Zen period with Jen. Um, that's where I post most of my business related stuff and Yeah. I just want to say thank you so much, Ava, for having me on. This really is just, it's so nice to connect with you again and to talk about this. I'm so passionate about it. So yeah, feel free to reach out. Anyone? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And we're going to leave the link for AOB in the show notes in case you want to sign up and join us. And if anyone has any questions, you can also send us a DM. Thank you all so much. I'll see you next week.